0: Act Two of The Love Tiff by Moliere. Translated by Henri Van Laun. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two, Scene One. Ascanio,
1: Frosin. Thank heaven! I am a girl who could keep a secret, Ascanio.
2: But is this place private enough for such a conversation? let us take care that nobody surprises us or that we be not overheard from some corner or other
1: we should be much less safe within the house here we can easily see anybody coming and may speak in perfect safety
2: alas how painful it is for me to begin my tale
1: sure this must be an important secret then
2: too much so since i even entrust it to you with reluctance even you should not know it if i could keep it concealed any longer
1: fie
2: you insult
1: me when you hesitate to trust in me whom you have ever found so reserved in everything that concerns you me who was brought up with you and have kept secret things of so great an importance to you
2: me who know yes you are already acquainted with the secret reason which conceals from the eyes of the world my sex and family you know that i was brought into this house where i have passed my infancy in order to preserve an inheritance which on the death of young Ascanio, whom i personate should have fallen to others that is why i dare to unbosom myself to you with perfect confidence but before we begin this conversation for a scene clear up a doubt which continually besets me can it be possible that albert should know nothing of the secret which thus disguises my sex and makes him my father to
1: tell you the truth what you know wish to know has also greatly puzzled me i have never been able to get at the bottom of this intrigue nor could my mother give me any further insight when albert's son died who was so much beloved and to whom a very rich uncle bequeathed a great deal of property even before his birth his mother kept his death secret fearing that her husband who was absent at the time would have gone distracted had he seen that great inheritance from which his family would have reaped such advantage pass into the hands of another, she I say, in order to conceal this misfortune, formed the plan of putting you into the place of her lost son. You were taken from our family where you were brought up. Your mother gave her consent to this deceit. you took the son's place, and every one was bribed to keep the secret albert has never known it through us and as his wife kept it for more than twelve years and died suddenly her unexpected death prevented her from disclosing it i perceive however that he keeps an acquaintance with your real mother and that in private he assists her perhaps all this is not done without a reason on the other hand he commits a blunder by urging you to marry some young lady perhaps he knows that you took the place of his son without knowing that you are a girl but this digression might gradually carry us too far let us return to that secret which i am
2: impatient to hear Know, then, that Cupid cannot be deceived, that I have not been able to disguise my sex from love's eyes, and that his subtle shafts have reached the heart of a weak woman beneath the dress I wear. In four words, I am in love. You! In love! Gently, Frosine, do not be quite so astonished. It is not time yet. This lovesick heart has something else to tell you that will surprise you. What is it? I am in love with Valere. Ha!
1: Huh? I really am surprised. What! You love a man whose family your deceit has deprived of a rich inheritance? And who, if he had the least suspicion of your sex, would immediately regain everything? This is a still greater subject of astonishment.
2: I have a more wonderful surprise for you yet in store. I am his wife. Oh, heavens! His wife! yes his wife ha!
1: Huh. this is worse than all and nearly drives me mad
2: and yet this is not all not all i am his wife i say and he does not think so nor has he the least idea of what i really am go on i give up and will not say anything more
1: so much every word amazes me i cannot comprehend anything of these riddles
2: I shall explain it if you will but hear me. Valere, who admired my sister, seemed to me a lover worthy of being listened to. I could not bear to see his addresses slighted without feeling a certain interest in him. I wished that Lucille should take pleasure in his conversation. I blamed her severity, and blamed it so effectually that I myself, without being able to help it, became affected with that passion which she could not entertain. He was talking to her, and persuaded me. I suffered myself to be overcome by the very sighs he breathed, and the love, rejected by the object of his flame, entered like a conqueror into my heart, which was wounded by an arrow not aimed at it, and paid another's debt with heavy interest. At last, my dear, the love I felt for him forced me to declare myself, but under a borrowed name. One night I spoke to him, disguising my voice as if it were Lucille's, and this too amiable lover thought she returned his love i managed the conversation so well that he never found out the deception under that disguise which pleased so much his deluded imagination i told him that i was enamoured of him but that finding my father opposed to my wishes i ought at least to pretend to obey him and that therefore it behooved us to keep our love secret with which the knight alone should be acquainted that all private conversation should be avoided during the day for fear of betraying everything that he should behold me with the same indifference as he did before we had come to an understanding and that on his part as well as mine no communication should take place either by gesture word or writing in short without dwelling any longer upon all the pains i have taken to bring this deception to a safe termination i went on with my bold project as far as it was possible to go and secured the husband i mentioned to you upon my word you
1: possess great talents would any one think so on seeing her passionless countenance however you have been pretty hasty and though i grant that the affair has succeeded until now what do you think will be the end
2: of it for it cannot be long concealed When love is strong, it overcomes all obstacles until it is satisfied. Provided it reaches the wished-for goal, it looks upon everything else as a mere trifle. I have
0: told you all today, so that your advice— Oh, but here comes my husband. Scene 2. Valère Ascanio Frosin
3: If you are conversing, and if my presence is any interruption, I shall withdraw.
2: No, you may well interrupt it since we were talking about you about me about yourself how so i was saying that if i had been a woman valere would have been able to please me but too well and that if i had been beloved by him i should not have delayed
3: long to make him happy this declaration does not cost you much as there is such an if in the way But you would be finely caught if some miraculous event should put to the proof the truth of so obliging a declaration. Not in the least. I tell you that if I reigned in your heart, I would very willingly
2: crown your passion.
3: And what if you might contribute to my happiness by assisting me to further my love? I should then certainly disappoint you. This admission is not very polite.
2: What, Valere? supposing i were a woman and loved you tenderly would you be so cruel as to make me promise to aid you in your love for another lady i could not perform such a painful task
3: Uh, but you are not a woman
2: what i said to you
3: i said in the character of a woman and you ought to take it so thus i ought not to imagine you like me ascanio unless heaven works a miracle in you therefore as you are not a woman I bid farewell to your affection. You do not care in the least for me.
2: My feelings are far more nice than people imagine, and the smallest misgiving shocks me when love is in the case. But I am sincere. I will not promise to aid you, Valere, unless you assure me that you entertain precisely the same sentiments for me, that you feel the same warmth of friendship for me as I feel for you, and that if I were a woman you would love no one better than me
3: i never before heard of such a jealous scruple but though quite unexpected this affection obliges me to make some return for it i here promise you all you require of me but sincerely yes sincerely if this be true
2: i promise you that henceforth your interests shall be mine
3: i have a secret of the utmost consequence to reveal to you by and by and then i shall remind you of your words and I have likewise a secret to discover to you, wherein your affection for me
2: may show itself. Indeed! What can that be? I have a love affair, which I dare not reveal, and you have influence enough over the object of my passion to promote my happiness.
3: <laughs> Explain yourself, Oscanio, and be assured beforehand that, if your happiness lies in my power, it is certain. You promise more than you imagine. No, no. Tell me the name of the person whom I have to influence. It is not yet time,
2: but it is a person who is nearly related to you.
3: Your words amaze me. Would to heaven my sister... This is not
2: the proper time to explain myself, I tell you. Why so? For a certain reason. You shall know my secret when I know yours.
3: I must have another person's permission before I can discover it to you.
2: Obtain it, then. And when we have explained ourselves, we shall say which of us two will best keep his word.
3: Farewell. I accept your offer.
2: And I will be bound by it, Valere.
0: Exit Valere.
1: He thinks you will help him as a brother.
0: Scene 3. Lucille, Ascanio, Marinette, Frosine. Lucille saying the first words to Marinette.
4: I have done it. It is thus I can revenge myself if this step torments him it will be a great consolation to me brother you perceive a change in me i am resolved to love valer after so much ill-usage he shall become the object of my affection what do you say sister
2: how do you change so suddenly this inconstancy seems to me very strange
4: your change of disposition has more cause to surprise me you formerly used always to plead in favor of Valère, for his sake you have accused me of caprice, blind cruelty, pride and injustice, and now when I wish to love him my intention displeases you and I find you speaking against his interest. I abandon his interest, sister,
2: out of regard to yours. I know he is under the sway of another fair one. It will be a discredit to your charms if you call him back and he does not come
4: if that is all i shall take care not to suffer a defeat i know what i am to believe of his passion he has shown it very clearly at least so i think you may safely discover my sentiments to him or if you refuse to do it i myself shall let him know that his passion has touched me what you stand thunderstruck brother at those words oh sister
2: if i have any influence over you If you will listen to a brother's entreaties, abandon such a design, do not take away Valere from the love of a young creature in whom I feel great interest, and for whom, upon my word, you ought to feel some sympathy. The poor unfortunate woman loves him to distraction. To me alone she has disclosed her passion. I perceive in her heart such a tender affection that it might soften even the most relentless being yes you yourself will pity her condition when she shall become aware with what stroke you threaten to crush her love so sure am i of the excess of her grief that i am certain sister she will die if you rob her of the man she adores eraste is a match that ought to satisfy you and the mutual
4: affection you have for one another brother it is sufficient i do not know in whom you take such an interest but let us not continue this conversation i beg of you leave me a little to my own thoughts cruel sister you
2: will drive me to despair if you carry your design into execution
5: scene four lucille marinette your resolution madam is very sudden
4: A heart considers nothing when it is once affronted but flies to its revenge and eagerly lays hold of whatever it thinks can minister to its resentment the wretch to treat me with such extreme insolence you see i have not yet recovered the effects
5: though i were to brood over it to all eternity i cannot understand it and all my labour is in vain for never did a lover express more delight on receiving good news so pleased was he with your kind note that he called me nothing less than a divine creature and yet when i brought him the other message there was never a poor girl treated so scurvily i cannot imagine what could happen in so short a time to occasion so great a change
4: do not trouble yourself about what may have happened since nothing shall secure him against my hatred what do you think there's any secret reason for this affront but his own baseness does the unfortunate letter i sent him and for which i now blame myself present the smallest excuse for
5: his madness indeed i must say you are right this quarrel is downright treachery we have both been duped and yet madam we listen to these faithless rascals who promise everything who in order to hook us feign so much tenderness we let our severity melt before their fine speeches and yield to their wishes because we are too weak a shame on our folly and a plague take the man
4: well well let him boast and laugh at us he shall not long have cause to triumph i will let him see that in a well-balanced mind hatred follows close on slighted favours at least in such a case
5: it is a great happiness to know that we are not in their power notwithstanding all that was said marinette was right the other night to interfere when some people were in a very merry mood another in hopes of matrimony would have listened to the temptation but
4: nesquio vos quoth i how foolishly you talk how ill you choose your time to joke my heart is full of grief if ever fate wills it that this false lover but I am in the wrong to conceive at present any such expectation, for heaven has been too well pleased to afflict me to put it in my power to be revenged on him. But if ever a propitious fate, I say, should cause Aras to come back to me and lay down his life as a sacrifice at my feet, as well as declare his sorrow for what he has done to-day, I forbid you, above all things, to speak to me in his favour. On the contrary, i would have you show your zeal by setting fully before me the greatness of his crime if my heart should be tempted ever to degrade itself so far let your affection then show itself spare me not but support my anger as is fit oh do not fear
5: leave that to me i am at least as angry as you i would rather remain a maid all my life than that my fat rascal should give me any inclination for him again if he comes scene five.
0: marinette lucile albert
6: go in lucile and tell the tutor to come to me i wish to have a little talk with him and as he is the master of ascanio Find out what is the cause that the latter has been of late so gloomy.
0: SCENE six. ALBERT ALONE.
6: Into what an abyss of cares and perplexities does one unjust action precipitate us? For a long time I have suffered a great deal because I was too avaricious, and passed off a stranger for my dead son, "'When I consider the mischief which followed, "'I sincerely wish I had never thought of it. "'Sometimes I dread to behold my family in poverty "'and covered with shame "'when the deception will be found out. "'At other times I fear a hundred accidents "'that may happen to this son "'whom it concerns me so much to preserve. "'If any business calls me abroad, i am afraid of hearing on my return some such melancholy tidings as these you know i suppose have they not told you your son has a fever or he has broken his leg or his arm in short every moment no matter what i do all kinds of apprehensions are continually entering into my head scene seven
0: albert metaphrastus
7: mandatum tuum euro diligenta
0: i hasten to
6: obey your order master
7: i want to master is derived from magister it is as though you
6: say thrice greater may i die if i knew that but never mind be it so master then proceed so i would but do not proceed to interrupt me thus once more then master for the third time my son causes me some uneasiness you know that i love him and that i always brought him up carefully
7: it is true filio non potest preferi nisi
6: filius
0: to a son one can only prefer a son
6: "'Master, I do not think this jargon at all necessary in common conversation. "'I believe you are a great Latin scholar and an eminent doctor, "'for I rely on those who have told me so. "'But in a conversation which I should like to have with you, "'do not display all your learning. "'Do not play the pendant and utter ever so many words "'as if you were holding forth in a pulpit. "'My father!' though he was a very clever man, never taught me anything but my prayers. And though I have said them daily for fifty years, they are still high Dutch to me. Therefore, do not implore your prodigious knowledge, but adapt your language to my weak understanding. Be it so. My son seems to be afraid of matrimony. Whenever I propose a match to him, he seems indifferent and draws back perhaps he is
7: of the temper of mark tully's brother whom he writes about to atticus this is what the greeks call athanaton
6: immortal for heaven's sake you ceaseless teacher i pray you have done with the greeks the albanians the sclavonians and all the other nations you have mentioned they have nothing to do with my son well then your son i do not know whether a secret love does not burn within him something disturbs him or i am much deceived for i saw him yesterday when he did not see me in a corner of the wood where no person ever goes in the recess
7: of a grove you mean a remote spot in latin VIRGIL SAYS, EST IN secessu LOCUS.
0: There is a remote spot.
6: How could Virgil say that, since I am certain there was not a soul in that quiet spot except us two? I quote Virgil as a famous author, who implied
7: a more correct expression than the word you used, and not as a witness of what you saw yesterday.
6: I tell you, I do not need a more correct expression, an author or a witness, and that my own testimony is sufficient. However, you
7: ought to choose words which are used by the best authors. Tu vivendo bonus, scribendo sequare peritos, as the saying is.
0: Regulate your conduct after the example of good people, your style after good authors.
6: Man or devil, will you hear me without disputing? That is Quintilian's
7: rule. Hang the chatterbox. He has a very learned sentence upon a similar subject, which I am sure you will be very glad to
6: hear. I will be the devil to carry you off, you wretch. Oh, I am very much tempted to apply something to those chops.
7: Sir, What is the reason that you fly in such a passion?
6: What do you wish me to do? I have told you twenty times. I wish you to listen to me when I speak. Oh, undoubtedly
7: you shall be satisfied if that is all. I am silent. You act wisely. I am ready to hear what you have to say. So much the better. May I be struck dead if I say another word? Heaven grant you that favor. You shall not accuse me henceforth of talkativeness. Be it so. Speak whenever you please. I am going to do so. And do not be afraid of my interrupting you. That is enough. My word is my bond. I believe so. I have promised to say nothing. That is sufficient from this moment i am dumb very well speak go on i will give you a hearing at least you should not complain that i cannot keep silent i will not so much as open my mouth
0: albert aside
7: the wretch. but pray do not be prolix i have listened already a long time and it is reasonable that i should speak in my turn detestable torturer hey good luck would you have me listen to you for ever let us share the talk at least or i shall be gone
6: my patience is really what
7: will you proceed have you not done yet by jove i am stunned i have not spoken again good heavens what exuberant speechifying! can nothing be done to stop it
6: i am mad with rage
7: you are talking again what a peculiar way of tormenting people let me say a few words i entreat you a fool who says nothing cannot be distinguished from a wise man who holds his tongue Zounds! I will make you hold yours. Exit.
0: Scene 8. Metaphrastus alone.
7: Hence comes very properly that saying of a philosopher, Speak, that I may know thee. Therefore, if liberty of speaking is taken from me, I, for my part, would as soon be divested of my humanity, And exchange my being for that of a brute. I shall have a headache for a week oh how i detest these eternal talkers but if learned men are not listened to if their mouths are forever to be stopped then the order of events must be changed the hens in a little time will devour the fox young children teach old men little lambs take a delight in pursuing the wolf Fools make laws, women go to battle, judges be tried by criminals, and masters whipped by pupils, a sick man prescribed for a healthy one, a timorous hare.
0: Scene 9 Albert, Metaphrastus. Albert rings a bell in the ears of Metaphrastus and drives him off.
7: Mercy on me! Help! Help! End of
0: Act 2